0: You are locked on Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action, talking all things Texas A&M, and today. What's the deepest position of Texas A&M going into 2021? We'll be breaking down all the positions, my top three that have the best depth, and my bottom three that have the worst depth going into next season. Before we begin, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. For all of you new Tigna listeners, love for you to get in the conversation. Give me a follow, give me a shout out, and I will add it into the mix. Remember, we're on five days a week, and I can't do this alone. I need your help. But you can also help out by following Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12 main related content found here on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at lockedonpodcast.com. So let's talk a little bit about baseball. It's tough to always talk about baseball because of you look at the team, you look at how the Aggies are playing, you know they were gonna take a little bit of a step back. How big of a step back was the question that I don't think a lot of people knew. It was all really based off of pitching. I think the bats were there. I think the, you know, hitting in situations is there. I think when you look against other pitchers too, as long as you can go find a systematic rhythm, you'll be set. But that wasn't the case over the weekend in a three-game sweep by Florida, and that same problem that was going on against Florida traveled back with them from Gainesville to College Station when the Aggies took on the Rice Owls on Tuesday night. They had two hits. Two. That's it. Two hits was all the offense could muster in a 2-1 loss on Tuesday night to the Rice Owls at home at Blue Mill Park. The Aggies have now lost four games in a row and are struggling to find their identity at the plate. Listen. I would give Rice's pitchers all the credit in the world, and that's exactly what Rob Childress, the manager, said after the game. Give Rice pitchers all the credit. They were much better than we were offensively tonight, and it wasn't even close. On an Austin Boat single in the first was a lone hit until there were two outs in the ninth inning. Rice starter Garrett Zadaka, who entered the game with an ERA of over 10.0, held the Aggies to 5.1 scoreless innings before handing the ball over to Drake Greenwood to continue the semistic style of striking out Aggie batters. Um, Children said after the game that uh, uh, Zadoka, sorry, I'm I'm, I'm terrible at that name, Zadoka's landed enough of his curveball to make his fastball just a tick better. He was better than our hitters tonight, certainly. In a final at-bat, Hunter Coleman came off the bench, hit a pinch-hit home run off of Guy Garaby with two outs to spare the Aggies the shutout. In his seventh pitch uh, pinch-hit opportunity, Coleman has now gone with five hits, four of which have left the yard. So, basically, at least he's making a lot of plays after, you know, over the fence when he's called upon. And this is really a guy who's been a DH been a fringe first baseman and he's making the most of his uh, most of his playing time. I guess uh, the offensive woes continued. Aggies uh, had five chances with runners in scoring position. They couldn't drive in anyone. Uh, they had a trio of outs on the base paths as rice catcher, Justin Long would throw out three base stealers. That was the other thing. Texas A&M starter, Nathan Detmer had a pretty strong performance overall. It was just lack of run support. When you break it down, Six innings of work, he allowed one earned run. I believe it was. I'm I'm pretty positive it was one earned run. Um, yeah, five hits, one walk, and it struck out six. Uh, he lowered his ERA to 1.19. This loss was the first to Rice since 2016 for the Aggies, and they understand that going into this upcoming week against Georgia, they have to play better. And it's not about playing better in the sense of, oh, we need to get better with our pitching because of, that was the part I was really worried about. That was the part that when you saw Christian Roa and Asa Lacey leave for the pros last year, I was like, all right, who's going to step up? Will uh, Will Jonathan Childress be the guy? Will he come in as a redshirt freshman and be the next ace? Looks like, uh, looks like right now, Nathan Detmer is doing his best. I mean, he has a 1.19 ERA. And that's why I don't understand why people don't call baseball a team sport. Because of, yeah, if you're lucky, and I mean, you got to be lucky as anything. You will have games where it is just pitch and catch. Every once in a while, outfielder will step up. You'll have a couple of infield grounders, you know, a 6-3 play, a 4-3 play. Maybe if you're lucky, you'll walk a batter and then you'll have... A 6-4-3 double play to get out of a pinch. You're good. And you're set. But that doesn't happen almost ever. I mean, do you know how rare a perfect game is? Do you know how rare a no-hitter is? That's why they're so celebrated at the MLB and collegiate level. Because no one ever does it. So it is a team sport. Plus, the only way that you can trust that your pitcher gets through that game, like a guy like Detter... I mean, think about it. He had such a good performance. He was so great. Detmer was fantastic. And he gets the loss because of his team has a single and home run. That's the game. It is a consistent sport. And when your pitching is on point, you also need your bats and you need runners when they're in scoring position to get closer to the plate. It's 90 feet each way. You don't want to get thrown out by a catcher trying to get into scoring position when when your teammate could hit you into scoring position. You also, when you see that there is a runner in scoring position, you as the batter have to read and react. Watch the pitches closely. If you know you stink at hitting off pitches, don't swing. Because 9 out of 10 times, he's trying to get you to swing early. If you know you you struggle with fastballs, crowd the plate, swing away, and try to get as many foul balls as possible so he throws you that junk pitch that was just sitting in his arsenal that he didn't think you could hit, and then you drive it. How you play baseball is not just this pitch and catch game like our dads always told us about. It is statistically so much more analytically smart than any other sport. Hitting in situations, using batters in situations, playing a defensive style with players who fit exactly what is going up against the offense. You have guys who are hitting deep. You need speed in the outfield. You have guys who are hitting low. You need guys who can probably get that ball in a lot quicker to the infielder. It's all systematically planned. And when they face up against Georgia, they're going to need a big time showing. Because right now, the pitching is not the problem. It's the bats. Four-game losing streak after all the success of what we saw from A&M going into the SEC season. It's going to be interesting because a team like Texas, they're coming for blood. A team like Georgia, they're coming for blood. Mississippi State, Alabama, Auburn, all these other schools, yeah, the SEC is a juggernaut, especially in baseball. Any team can be successful in the SEC. SEC. That's how talented and loaded these teams are. Who's going to step up? That's what I want to Guys, this episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Blue Chew. Now, Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients found in Viagra or Cialis, but they're chewable forms, and they cost a fraction of the price. Blue Chew's tablets contain all forms of combat ED and can help men gain the extra confidence when it's time to suit up and perform. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of the licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. Best part, all done online, so no awkward conversations with the doctors. And if you don't like swallowing pills, no problem here. Blue Chew and Tadafol tablets are chewable. We got a special for all of our listeners today. Try Blue Chew for free when you use our promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. Just pay the $5 for shipping and handling. That's bluechew.com, promo code LOCKEDON to receive your first month free of Blue Chew. And we would like to thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this podcast. This episode of Lockdown Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar. Now, we've been telling you for a while that Built Bar is the best protein bar because it's low in sugar, low in calories, high in protein, and high in fiber. But everyone always wants to know which one's the best. I have my own personal favorites but you have your personal favorites and that's why we did the built bar madness bracket challenge we are on to the enticing eight and today's matchup is a special one we got cookies and cream versus coconut almond i know who i'm voting for this is a very simple one it's nothing against coconut but i don't want to eat a mounds bar i want to eat something sweet and cookies and cream is that perfect blend of protein packed power with that cookie cream sauce Go, vi- go ahead and vote on BuiltBar.com and don't forget to use the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order. That promo code is LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. And check back in later today to see who's won the matchup and who will become the next best tasting protein bar. Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas A&M. 25 minutes. That's all it takes. 25 minutes for you to get caught up on all the major sporting news around the NFL and really any sport today when you listen to Locked On Today. Peter Bukowski from Locked On Packers breaks down all the major sports in America in under a 30-minute show to get you caught up on what you might have missed throughout your busy schedule. Subscribe to Locked On today, or on the radio.com app, or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. Let's talk positions. What is the strongest position for Texas A&M going into 2021? There's a lot of different answers here. I mean, honestly, if you break it down, there is not one exact right answer. Because there's actually a lot of good positions that are covered. I really should have made this, what's the weakest position out there? Because that's a little bit easier. But, since I did talk about the strongest, let's go through them. I'm going to get my top three right now. First position is easy. It's the running back role. If anybody knows how successful A&M was last season, they know it was because of their ground and pound game that affected, especially with Anaya Smith moving to the backfield and the emergence of Devon A-Chain. Everyone already knew exactly who Isaiah Spiller was. Three down runner, has speed in the open field, burly back, can make defenders miss at the line of scrimmage, also can bulldoze his way into that second level of defense if he wanted to, and can make sure that his style of play does not break him down like other running backs who have played the role would. They had a nice Smith, kind of your do it all player. He can catch out of the backfield, he has good speed. You want to use him a lot on pitches, on options, on plays where he can hit the perimeter. Let him just be himself. Let him be effective in a multitude of weapons. Go for it. Then you have Devon A-Chain. A-Chain won the MVP at the 2020 Orange Bowl because of he was the best player on the field that day. Hands down. Speed wins. And speed at running back really wins. He's only five ten, but my goodness is he hard to tackle. I'm not gonna be shocked within two or three years however long until he goes to the NFL draft if he runs a four t- if he runs in the four two40s definitely is running a four three right now just pure straight line speed when he gets to the outside you're not getting him just just enjoy the show and watch now I do think that going into next year you will see of Smith in the backfield because of the emergence of a chain and I do wonder will DeAndre John uh, Jackson from Stone Mountain, Georgia, be used a bit more. If that's the case, that's awesome. Because of now you don't really have to worry about Anaya Smith. You can use him as a gadget player and make him effective. But you can still list him on the depth chart as a running back, and Agent Zero will just do what he wants and be very good at it. But I do think that going into next season, that is the strongest position. Now, what's the strongest position on the defense side of the ball? That's another easy one for me. It's safety. Safety is so loaded all around the field, and it's because of that extra year of eligibility. That extra year now allows these players to come back and play one more season. So, you have Damani Richardson, former four star, third year, two year starter. He played, um, he let's see, he yeah, he missed a couple games because of COVID 19 last year. He came back. He wasn't the same player. He went uh, underwent knee surgery this offseason. Uh, he finished with uh, 35 total tackles on the year. But he's a physical player, and he does a very good job of playing in the box. He averaged over six tackles a game. Uh, he did. He is a little bit injury-prone, but when he is on the field, he's effective. And the biggest thing of all is he's effective in Mike Elko's system because they don't ask him to do a lot. They ask him to play this zone coverage roaming area kind of the flats kind of the curl the button hook pattern that's where he that's where he lies that's where he's supposed to be but if you watch his film from 2019 to 2020 he's got a lot better in coverage and has done a very good job of playing the tight ends which is an area where I think when you look at how the SEC uses tight ends is going to become more effective starting across from him is going to be Leon O'Neal O'Neal is physical, he's aggressive, he's good in coverage, and he is your hybrid. He does it all. You can play him up high, you can play him low, he is a willing tackler, he is not afraid to get physical against the run, he is not afraid to play in coverage, he is not afraid to go up and make plays against wide receivers downfield, he has gotten better playing in zone coverage more than any other player I think. And that is a very good shot for him to come up and make a big time difference next year as that veteran leader. Now again, you also can play a rotational guy. And that's where Keldrick Carper comes in. He's a captain, and he's a special teams captain, but he's done a great job as that third lurking safety, as that rotational kind of cover, hover guy. He doesn't have great speed. But he is so talented at playing the center fielding role. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes when he's out there. He's very quick. He's good at dissecting plays. And he's a vocal leader. So he is everything that you want for someone of that position. And then you have Antonio Johnson. Johnson is someone who is going to be playing the nickel, I think, a lot more next year. Because if he did at the end of the year, and now with Devin Morris, you know, stepping away from the game, it's going to be interesting to see where he goes. But he's another one who's physical, good in coverage, and makes a ton of plays before the ball hits the sideline. I love Antonio Johnson and what he brings. My third most deep position is the quarterback. And a lot of people are probably going to laugh and go, how is that your third? Simple. What do you want to run? Do you want to run your base system, dumb it down, get your receivers, quick passes, move the ball downfield, trust the run game? All right, Zach Calzada, you're up. Perfect fit. Absolute perfect fit for that system. You want to be a little more two-dimensional, want to be able to have players spread out, want to have players be able to move outside the pocket, make some plays with their legs, also be able to dissect the pressure, move and then deliver a strike? All right, hi Haynes King, you're right there. You want to be a three-dimensional offense where you have a running back and you have a running quarterback who can both move, have great agility, and make a ton of plays with their legs, but also has a pretty decent arm? Hi Eli Sowers, you fit the bill. Whatever Daryl Dickey wants to run next season, there is a quarterback on this roster who can do it. And they can do it to a pretty high standard. Calzada's been here for two years, he knows the system, he understands what is expected of him, King came early, and he is the most highly touted quarterback prospect of his class for a pocket passer, and Stowers is a great dual threat option. So ipso facto, no matter how you look at it, every single one of these players fit what is needed for Texas A&M. So running back is easily the strongest safety's next and I would go quarterback now the question is the quarterback can only be successful if the offensive line and the wide receivers are doing their job but if they're doing their job yeah they're in a very good spot to be successful for many many years to come we are moving on to the sweet 16 and with it that means bets are going to be at an all-time high so go ahead and make the bets at the one place we love and the one place we trust that's betonline.ag BetOnline.ag gives you the best payouts, the best lines, the best stories, and of course, the best overall bets to make you a winner this upcoming offseason. And you can find out all of that by following them on social media at BetOnline_ag. underscore Stop sitting on the sidelines and get into the action because when you go visit BetOnline.ag, you will be able to get a 50% welcome bonus with your very first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline.ag. You're sportsbooks experts. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas A&M. Why not listen to a brand new show that will give you everything you need for this upcoming NFL draft season. Join Trevor Sycamore and Benjamin Solak as they break down all the NFL draft prospects and their NFL mock drafts right here on Locked On NFL Draft. Subscribe on Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. Alright, so what's the worst position for a going into 2021? This is going to surprise a lot of people, and I don't think I'm that wrong, but I also get where I'm not. The problem with this position is, every other position, you either know what you have, or you have absolutely no idea what you have. And if you know what you have, it's 9 times out of 10 good. If you don't know what you have, it's... Kind of up in the middle. It's a flux. It's like a it's like a push in cards. The wide receiver position, you know what you have and it's not great. I mean, Chase Lane is good. Caleb Chapman is good. One can't stay healthy. One is irreliable after the catch. They don't do much after they make a play. I have no idea what to make of Jalen Preston. I have no idea what to make. Of Hezekiah Jones. Because he's been in, often injured a lot. Are the new kids coming in. Like a Musa Muhammad III. Going to step up. And is DeMond Demas really that good? I want to believe DeMond Demas is that good. I want to believe that he's going to be. The next superstar at AM. and m But I do have to wonder. Why did he not play last year? Was it because of Jimbo Fisher saying. Ah you know what you're a freshman. We don't want to use you. We want you to learn for a year. Or was it because of. He saw something and goes, whoa, I, you know what? We offered you a long time ago, and you were not the same player, but we're going to live up to our offer. Now you got to live up to your production on the field. And if it's the latter, that's a bit of a shame. Because Demas, the problem with him was he was a five-star talent, but he didn't play his final year because he transferred to Tom Ball High and the UIL did not allow him to play. And I wonder, did that affect him at all? Why has he not been able to make as many plays and be as successful as everyone expected him to be year one? But he wasn't. And now you find out that he was arrested for marijuana charges. I'm not going to get into that. There's a lot of people who uh, who do believe in cannabis use. There's a lot of people who don't. I am staying in the middle of that ground. But again... If you are told by your coach, you may not be able to smoke marijuana, it's a bad look for you. I'll never forget there was a prospect at Alabama by the name of Tony Brown. Tony Brown was fantastic at coming out of high school, right here in Texas, standout player, one of the best cover corners in the game, really good player, came to school early, learned the system, and he's just good. He wasn't great. He wasn't terrible. He was just good. Five-star talent. Never really flourished to that next level. Yeah, he's been in the NFL. He's bounced around from, I think, four or five teams now. And he's done a good job, but again, you were limiting him. He only played really significantly his senior year. Big-time track speed. Never really did that much more for the Alabama program. Is Demas that overhyped guy? All these wide receivers have a shot to be the next number one target. And every single one of them had the shot in 2020 to be that target. Nobody stepped up. Nobody took the reins. Nobody moved. It was just a stalemate. Think about it. It was just completely... Everyone had their opportunity... Nobody made the strides to be the number one receiver. And the one who probably did, Caleb Chapman, got hurt in week three. And now is he going to be the same player when he returns? Tight ends another weak position because of, I have no idea what to expect with Baylor Cup anymore. Two season-ending injuries before he's ever played a snap. Jalen Wiedemeyer, meanwhile, has become a superstar at the position. I mean, is is Cup even going to see significant playing time this year? But wide receiver... I know what I have. I also don't know if it's going to get much better. And the problem with that is that you have a young quarterback who needs great receivers. Somebody has to step up. Not all five of them need to step up. Not all seven of them need to step up. One person needs to step up. Who is going to be that one person? That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies on tomorrow's show. Let's do my top five Aggies entering the 2021 season. There's five names who definitely are deserving of probable early looks at the NFL draft and also early looks at being All-SEC and All-Americans for 2021. We'll discuss that and much, much more. See you tomorrow. And remember, keep going, y'all. This has been Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.